Question for you. What is your favorite movie? One of my top five, and this one probably sits at maybe one or two, would be Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams. And it's an older movie. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. I really like this movie because when I watched this movie, however long ago it was, maybe about 10 years ago now, I realized that there was something in my soul that I didn't know existed. There was, there was, a, there was a, a spark that was going on in my soul while I'm watching this movie. And at this time in my life, I was a, a very shy, quiet kid. I feel like I call myself an introvert that has learned to become an extrovert and that's learned to uh, speak. Back in 2018 when I accepted Christ as my Savior, the Lord is what I call loosed my tongue and told me that there was a lot of things inside me that I didn't know that I had. And, uh, and so the fact that I am able to speak to you today is a direct relation of God's goodness and God's power and God's strength because I was the kid you want to give me an oral book report I'll go ahead and take the flunking great thank you I'm not about to embarrass myself in front of a group of people that yeah because I get up and I sweat I sweat I stammer I don't have good words to say like what what are we doing here just give me my F and go home okay like let me let me go home with my failing grade and my dignity still intact um, I was a very shy kid I was afraid of my own shadow I just I was very shy and I have a twin sister Amber she's a beautiful young lady that is married with four amazing beautiful children and she was always the extrovert she was the fun one if you wanted a party to throw she was your girl she could orchestrate a black and white party an ugly sweater party all this kind of stuff like that is your girl uh Amanda Ruth not so much like I want to stay home let's play chess can we maybe play chess online so I don't have to see the human on the other side of the screen that was me so when I watched Dead Poet Society we're coming back to Dead Poet Society when I was watching Dead Poet Society there's this particular scene where Robin Williams calls this gentleman up to the front of the class to to give his poem well this kid is stammering he's like I, I uh basically I didn't do it and Robin Williams is like you know, well, why didn't you do it? And he's just, just kind of stammering. He says, and he gives a child's name, and I don't remember it at, at this moment. But he gives a child's name, and he says, well, this gentleman, Mr. So-and-so, doesn't believe that there's anything good inside of him. And that triggered something with me. And he looks at the gentleman, and he says, close your eyes. And he says, tell me what comes to your mind. Oh, I don't have anything. And, and all of a sudden, he, he, he keeps prompting and pushing this young man to speak words out. And this man, is, this little boy is stammering through and stuttering through. And then all of a sudden, this beautiful poem erupts from the inside of his soul and out of his mouth. And the whole class just kind of sat in awe. And the point Robin Williams was making here was that he had something beautiful that was stuck inside of him that he didn't know he had. And that is you today. And that was me then. I had something inside my soul that longed to come out, but I was too afraid to even touch it and too afraid to even look at it in the mirror because I'm just, I'm a nobody. I'm the little girl that doesn't know how to pluck her own eyebrows. I barely know how to comb my hair. What is deodorant? Like, I had no idea. Like, that was, that was me as a kid. I wanted to be a cute little tomboy and I probably looked like a small homeless person. Like, I just didn't know how to dress. I didn't know how to do any of these things. And I didn't think that there was anything good in me. I didn't think that I had any value, that I had any worth because all the cool kids, like my sister, the people that were popular, the people that, that knew how to dye their hair blonde and look pretty and, okay, I see you. Like, who am I? 
What am I amongst so many is what I thought. But the Lord said, I have something inside of you. And if you would just get out of sight of yourself, because even then, even in my shyness and my quietness, so that was selfish. That was very self-centered. And it was very, it was a faithless life I was living. And so when I called upon the name of the Lord in January of 2018, the Lord loosed my tongue and he said, you have something so beautiful inside you that the, I want the world to hear it. I want the world to see it. And, I, and I'm like looking, are we talking about the same person? And the Lord says, it's not about you, it's about me. And if you would just shut up and get out of the way, I can do me. And so that is what the Lord is calling us to do today. The Lord is calling us to just get out of, get out of his way. I don't know how else to say that, but there are things that we are blocking the miracles in our life today. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, you'd rather be pissed off at your mom for something she said to you 10 years ago and you haven't called her. You'd rather be angry at your abusers from, from five years ago, 20 years ago, rather than take it to the Lord and get healing. We are blocking our breakthrough. We are blocking that miracle from happening. Do you remember when Jesus went back to his own country and he said uh, he couldn't do any miracles there because the people didn't believe he's just a carpenter's son, okay? Well, you want to know what people have said about me? Okay, I'll tell you. She's just an alcoholic. She'll never amount to anything. Hey, she's drunk again. Why don't you go ahead and just leave her out in the streets for her to die? But my mama saw something in me and the Lord had called my mama to give birth to me 33 years ago because he knew that she wouldn't give up on me. He knew that she believed in a calling greater than herself. She believed in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And she said, not my baby Satan. No, I'm going to pray over my daughter. I'm going to pray that the Lord keeps her. I'm going to pray that the Lord keeps her safe. And I'm going to pray that she loves you. I'm going to pray that one day she's going to get married and give me some more grandbabies. I know she wants more grandbabies. But the world looked at me and called me a nobody. And rightfully so. I didn't love myself and I expected you to love me. And I expected the world to give me things when I didn't earn them. And the Lord was calling me to a deeper place. And I said no. And when I said no, I told the enemy yes. And when the world offered me alcohol and booze and, and sex and all this other stuff that comes with that kind of lifestyle, I said yes, because I wanted any which way to numb the feeling of the, 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 the worthlessness that I felt inside. I wanted anything that the world could give me, whether it was binging Netflix, whether it was listening to rock music, whether it was doing whatever it was to shut the Holy Spirit up. And the Lord is saying, if you would get out of my way. I can heal your trauma. I can heal your addiction. I can break these chains. I can break these generational curses, but you gotta stop blocking the miracle. What? What happened to the Jesus that just touched the blind eyes and healed them? Like, why can't I have that Jesus? Why can't Jesus come up to, do you know the man at the pool of Bethesda? He had been there 30 some years, 30 some years. And it, when Jesus came up to him and he says, do you want to be healed? He said, sir, I have no one. And the Lord is saying to you today in your moment, do you want to be healed? Sir, you don't know what they said to me. Sir, you don't know what I've done. Sir, you don't know the pain that I endure on a daily basis. And the Lord said, that's not what I asked you. I asked you if you wanted to be whole. And we're over here giving God our, our excuses. 
and the man at the pool of Bethesda, rightfully so, didn't have someone to put him. That was a fact, but he didn't realize that the person that he was speaking to was the giver of life and the author of life. And he could speak a word and the man would be healed. And when he healed the man, he told the man to get up, take up your mat and go. Because you don't get to sit here anymore. You don't get to sit here and beg outside the gates and beg outside the temple and, and beg for your money anymore. I am your provider now. But you don't get to sit there and wallow in it anymore. And so the Lord is saying, stop, stop blocking your breakthrough. Stop blocking your healing. Jesus isn't just going to come and go, boop, you're healed. And that's what many of us want. That's what many of us expect. And unfortunately, I feel like that's what a lot has been being taught today in the churches is that there's, there's this mentality of just come and the Lord will touch you. No, we got work to do. The Bible says to obey. Okay. That rock music you're listening to, to feed that angry spirit within you is not okay. There are certain things that we are doing to feed the flesh and to feed the natural because it feels good in the moment. And because it seems right, we go ahead and keep doing it. And the Lord is saying, how am I ever going to heal your anger when I can't get you to even turn that music off to calm yourself down? And you haven't even one time asked me about your situation or as oh, oh here's here's a good example lord would you please just give me some patience with this person god i just i need patience please because like veronica over there like oh my gosh i'm gonna smack her next time and the lord is saying you don't need patience you need to deal with your attitude you need to deal with your self-entitlement you need to deal with your pie but we don't want to uh, that's not a fun conversation like can we go back to veronica please okay like did you see what she was wearing that is how we want to live our lives. That's how we live our lives. And the Lord is calling us to live out our faith out loud. And how we do that is by being obedient when he says, hey, you can't hear me because there's too much noise going on in your world. You can't hear me because you're too busy binging Battlestar Galactica for the 17th time. Amen. You can't hear me because you're stuck over here in this dead-end relationship where he treats you like a dog, he talks to you like an animal, and you, well, he loves me, and he apologizes. No, the Lord is saying, stop it. The reason why you can't hear God is because you keep telling him no with everything else that's in your way, and here's your favorite excuse is, well, I can't. It's not true. You won't. We say can't because can't puts the responsibility on somebody else. Won't at least admits that we don't want to. And I'm calling you to this moment. The Lord is calling you to this moment to be real with yourself and to say, Lord, I, I don't want to let go of my anger. It's comforting. It's all I've known the past 40 years, 20 years. It's all I know. And if I lay down this pain, I don't even know who I am anymore. Right? Because our pain has become our identity. And the Lord is saying, if you want newness of life, just give it to me, baby girl, and I will cover you. The Lord is calling us to a place to where we have to lay it down. We have to stop identifying ourselves with we were adopted, we were an addict, our mom was an addict, my, my daddy wasn't home, my daddy wasn't there, my, I don't even know who my father is. Like We have to stop identifying ourselves with what the world tells us to identify ourselves because those needs we want met, that identification is a very real need that the Lord wants to meet for us. But it's found in him. It's found in his grace. And it's found in his purpose and in his calling. And until we let the Veronicas in our life go and start looking in the mirror and saying, Okay, Lord. Lord, you can have my language. Lord, you can have my anger. God, you can have what I watch on TV. Lord, am I spending too much time on TV and on Facebook and tweeting everything that I retweet? I, I don't even know. 
we get so busy and we get so wrapped up in this world that we created that God is just now a byproduct. He's a he's he's something that we add to our life and not just our life. He's not just our world. And what the Lord is calling us to do is to take a take a look at ourselves through his eyes and say, God, what is it that is blocking my breakthrough? And the Lord has mercy and he has grace and he, he's never angry. He's never angry when he talks to me about these things that I hold on to. He's never angry because there was there was a wound he was breaking off of me a couple weeks ago. And I sat in my room and a, a friend of mine just sat with me and let me cry and I just let it out. And I said, why am I not enough? And I cried and I sobbed and I ugly cried. And she just sat with me. And she was literally Jesus in that moment for me and just said, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm sorry people hurt you. I'm sorry you had a bad day. But you didn't take it to the bar. You came home. And you did what you were supposed to. And I'm proud of you. And in that moment, she was Jesus's mouthpiece for me and my spirit. And the Lord said, Amanda, I said, Amanda Ruth, I am, I am breaking open this scab, this very deep wound of yours, because you are enough. Stop calling me a liar. Stop calling me all these things that you don't mean to call me by devaluing yourself. Because if the Lord Jesus Christ is alive and well within your soul, you are more than valuable. You are priceless. And you have an authority within you that makes demons tremble. Do you know that? Do you know that you can speak the name of Jesus over any situation, over any anger? That anger doesn't need to own you. That fear does not need to own you. Because Jesus lives inside you. And the Jesus told this to his disciples that you have the power to raise people from the dead. You have the power to cast demons out. So now the mountain and the giants don't tell me how big I am and how small I am. I tell my giant who God is. I tell my mountain how big my God is. And I walk it out in faith. And even when I don't see it, I don't even know what's going on. But I've trusted God enough in my life. And he has shown up for me time and time and time again that I trust that he's going to do it again. And I tell my giant, like, you don't own me today. I don't care if you're nine feet tall, 10 feet tall, 12 feet tall. And I don't care, you know, I'm what, five foot six? Bring it on, devil. Bring it on because I know whose I am today. And the Bible says one of my favorite verses in the New Testament, in the Gospels, it says, the best that man can do to me, the worst, is kill me. And then I wake up in the arms of Christ. So even killing me brings me into the glory of Jesus Christ. So what the Lord is telling me in that verse for me and my soul and my spirit in that time is what am I afraid of? Because I have the everlasting power. I have, I have the same blood running through my veins that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. I walk in victory today. I don't sit here and I walk in shambles and there's this valley of dry bones that keeps calling out my name and keeps trying to tell me my past, keeps trying to tell me that I'm rejected. It keeps trying to tell me that I'm alone and that I'm worthless and that I don't have value and that you just make $12 an hour and you're never going to go anywhere in your life and you're never going to do anything. You're never going to make a name for yourself. You're never, and I don't want to make a name for myself. I want to make a name for Jesus. Because I know who's I am today. And so when I know who's I am today, I can go to work and people can treat me like crap and people can talk down to me and they can belittle me and they can spit on me and they can do whatever they want to me. I know who I am today because I know whose I am today. And the Lord is taking us to this place where we lay down that rejection. We lay down this, this mindset that says, woe is me. I am undone. My family doesn't love me and my family, stop it. Just stop it. The Lord says you are valued and you are loved. You are a warrior. You are redeemed. You were son, you were daughter. I don't care what your, your earth 
family has said to you or spoken over you, the Lord says that you are his. And so when the Lord calls you his, nothing else matters. And so there are times in our lives where we sit here and we let other people define us and we let the world define us. We let the fact that I don't have a mom, I don't have a dad, I don't have anything, or I've been on the streets for years. And the Lord says, I've called you loved. I have called you redeemed. I have called you forgiven. And we want to keep carrying on like this darkness with us that says, I am rejected. I am unlovely. I am ugly. I am, I am broken. And the Lord says, well, I didn't call you those things. I called you beautiful. I said that I love you so much that I know how much hair is on your head. And you're worried about your hair falling out. And the Lord says, I see you and I have you. And if you will just trust me, I will bring you through this moment. And there are things in our world that the Lord is breaking off of us. There are things that it's the crushing, it is the pressing, and we give the enemy too much credit and we say, well, the enemy is after me hard. No, baby girl, the Lord is just pressing and crushing. And it is in these moments that he says, I am forming you in my own image and you are going to look much more like your heavenly daddy. And today I get to walk in the fact of knowing that I am a daddy's girl. I am just like my heavenly father and I'm a lot like my, my, my dad dad too. I've got similarities to him and, and I love that. I love knowing that I've got a, all these fun quirks and I tell old man jokes all the time because I love my daddy. I want to be like my daddy. And the more that I am learning to lean into who the Lord says that I am and who the Lord is, I am learning that I'm a lot like the Lord too because there are moments where I can give love and it goes completely against my fleshly nature. It goes against everything else that the world has defined me as. And these hurts and these wounds, the Lord is healing. But I don't get to sit still and I don't get to just go home. And so the Lord is just wanting me to remind you today whose you are. That it doesn't matter what job you have, what car you drive, who you're married to, if you're still married, if, if you're divorced, if you've you've had an abortion if you've been addicted if you've whatever if you've never been married and you you're like why is my womb barren I must have children wherever you're at in your life the Lord is saying you are valued and you are loved and you matter and the Lord wants you to look to him for your wholeness because that's the only way we will be whole and so my heart and my prayer for you in this moment is that you reach out to him and say Lord I don't want to call myself ugly anymore I don't want to sit here and look at all these defects that I think that I have because you made me and you said that I'm beautiful. And the Lord wants to heal those things. So my heart and my prayer is that you find your, your value and your worth in him today and know that your, your heavenly daddy cares about you and he sees you. And I'm sorry if the word heavenly father is, is hard for you because there's some wounds that are there that the Lord wants to heal. There are some wounds and some healing, but there's, there's, there's grace for it. The Lord knows, and he sees you right where you're at. I love you guys, and I hope you have a great day.